Good morning, everybody. Happy to have you along with us. Former and aspiring future President Donald Trump in the United States has surrendered to authorities yesterday in the heart of the U.S. Capitol. His motorcade arrived at a D.C. courthouse early, and once inside, he was formally arrested and charged with four counts in connection with his efforts to overturn the 2020 presidential election. The maximum sentences are between five and 20 years for each count. Trump entered a not guilty plea. This is the third criminal case brought against him in the last six months. And there might be another. Georgia is outstanding. That could be a fourth indictment. We'll see if that happens. To talk about this, we're joined by Rob Goodman. He's an assistant professor of politics at Toronto Metropolitan University and a former U.S. congressional staffer, also the author of Not Here, Why American Democracy is Eroding and How Canada Can Protect Itself. Uh, Rob, I appreciate your time today. Thanks. I appreciate you having me on. We've uh, talked the last uh, two times when this happens, uh, so it made only sense to do it again. Uh, this is the third time Donald Trump has been indicted. How does this compare to the other two? Yeah, I think one more and I'll fill up my punch card. Um, I, I think it compares to the other two in terms of gravity. Um, I, I think people have said, looking at the three indictments together and possibly the fourth one, as you mentioned, this really gets to, to the heart of the matter, uh, Donald Trump versus democracy. You know, the other indictments, of course, are important. They have to do with his actions uh, before uh, the presidency in the hush money's case uh, or the documents case, which had to do with his um, you know, personal seizure of classified documents or the alleged personal seizure of classified documents after the presidency. But this goes right to the events of January 6th, uh, right to you know, Trump's efforts to subvert an election and, and to push the lie of uh, outcome determinative widespread election fraud. And so to the extent that this really speaks to the central challenge that Donald Trump has posed to democratic elections in the U.S., uh, this is a really big deal. The timing of this as well, you know, when you look ahead to next year, they're going to have a they're going to have the the elections once again. The timing could align with the campaign for the for the White House. I, I wonder, like he's he's leading the polls and whatnot, and there's the political side to this. We can talk about in a minute, but I just wonder when we're looking at you know democracy eroding, how this impacts just the the natural way of things when you have a candidate and former president who is facing potentially multiple trials all at once. Yeah, I think what's especially damaging from from a democratic erosion perspective is what I see ahead in the upcoming elections, not just an election over which direction the country is going to take and which party set of uh, programs for the better match for, for inflation or for the war in Ukraine or what have you. But it, it's an election about whether Donald Trump, the former president, is going to go to jail or stay out of jail. Um, so one... You know, despite the fact that I think these charges are uh, appropriate and it's fair that he answer for what he did on January 6th and in the days and weeks leading up to it, I also think it's really bad news for democracy when a question that fundamental as to whether your former leader, your country goes to jail or, or becomes a commander in chief again, I think is a really ugly situation to be in. And I think it means that the campaign is going to be especially ugly because there's going to be a level of personal desperation, I think, from, from Trump and from the people close to him that we haven't really seen before. You know, they, they've also laid out really clearly what they would do with power. You know, the idea that President Trump would use all the powers of the executive branch to make these investigations go away, potentially to even pardon himself and his co-conspirators. So I think that raises the stakes of the election in a way that might be necessary, but isn't necessarily healthy. 
He is obviously in serious legal trouble. Uh, Politically, it does not appear that way, at least uh, to to get the GOP nomination. We'll see beyond that. No, I think right now Donald Trump is blowing away the field for the Republican nomination. He's uh, just about doubled up the um, closest competitor, uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, in the head-to-head polling. And, of course, we're still more than a year out from the actual general election. Uh, but but he and President Biden are polling head-to-head, and I, I expect that it's going to be uh, just as tight as it was last time heading up to Election Day. And I think part of the reason for that is that a lot of Trump's support is, is baked in. Uh, they, they, don't, they aren't really surprised uh, by the idea that he tried to subvert an election, or as they, they see in their minds, not really subvert at all, but try to redeem. Uh, and I don't think they're really surprised that, that Trump is often a foul of the law. I, I think that from the perspective of a lot of supporters of populist parties, not just in the U.S., but around the world, this idea that, that their guy gets went over on the system uh, by getting in legal trouble, by trying to um, you know, subvert what they consider to be the, the swamp or the corrupt establishment, these things aren't necessarily bugs uh, to, to, to hardcore supporters of Trump and other populist parties around the world. They're features. So I don't think we should be surprised that even as these trials get underway, I don't expect that that really hard floor of his support is going to crack. Now, is it going to affect people on the margins as we learn a little bit more about his involvement in January 6th? Possibly, I I wouldn't rule that out. But I also think that we shouldn't be surprised that among the most hardcore uh, conservatives or right populists in the country, uh, Trump has a solid and maybe even insurmountable lead right now. What does this mean for Canada? You know, how can, uh, how could Canada be impacted? How can we protect ourselves? Yeah, that, that's a hard question. It's one that I thought about a lot as someone who uh, both grew up in the U.S. and worked in U.S. politics and now is he's raising a family and living here in Canada. It's a really hard question. I, I guess the fundamental point that I keep coming back to is that I think there was a sense maybe on election night 2020 or the days after that the biggest threat had passed, that America had faced down the challenge of an authoritarian or would-be authoritarian president, and then the system had pretty much held. And sure, there's reason to be optimistic about avoiding worst-case scenarios, and I think it could have been a lot worse. And January 6th could have been a successful coup rather than an unsuccessful insurrection. But I also think that this is a lesson, that this idea that we thought in Canada that the highest mode or danger had passed. And look, right now we're talking about a presidential election that's going to be about whether the ex-president goes to jail or goes to the White House. My, my point is, this sort of thing isn't going away. This sort of thing is going to be, I think, um, a, a fundamental part of, of the future of this country. Living next to a, a democratic country that might be eroding, might be unstable, uh, and, and might be dealing with fundamental problems that go way beyond you know, the lifetime of, of one particular guy, uh, no matter how many times he gets indicted or runs afoul of the law. So I guess my number one suggestion for Canadians is it, it's, it's fine to, to look at the news to be aware of what's happening in the U.S., but I, I think it's time to also get beyond gawking at this. Uh, it might look like a dumpster fire. It might look like a very scary time in American politics, but I think after once we in Canada have sort of taken in and, and, and assimilated what's going on and the fact that this is a longer-term problem, I, I think it's time to start paying more attention to our own house. I think it's time to start thinking about the conditions of democracy in Canada and what parts of our system are healthy, uh, resilient, and what parts might not last uh, and measure up to the kind of challenge that the American system is receiving right now. You know, America was unlucky to have gotten that stress test from the Trump uh, campaign and presidency from 2015 on. But I think the question Canadians need to be asking is, if we were to get that same sort of stress test, if there were to be a sort of right-wing authoritarian populist movement 
that managed to ramp up in the way that Trumpism did in the U.S., would Canadian institutions do much better? I think they would. I think there are important kinds of resilience in this country. But I think it's time to start asking the question in a really serious way, because I don't think it's going away. And I think this indictment is a really good sign that these issues in U.S. democracy, uh, in this neighbor that is 10 times more popular, more powerful, uh, populous and more powerful, are simply not going away. Rob, as always, I appreciate the time and the perspective. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for having me. That's Rob Goodman uh, from uh, Toronto Metropolitan University, former U.S. congressional staffer and uh, the author of uh, Not Here, Why American Democracy is Eroding and How Canada Can Protect Itself.